Every time I walk up the steps to this pulpit, I am honored and privileged and honestly humbled to be able to preach the gospel to the world. Because you see, prior to late 1970, I would not be standing here preaching to you this morning because as a woman, I would not have been able to pursue the calling as a pastor in the Lutheran Church because I would not have been recognized by the church as someone who was qualified to be ordained. Every time I walk up these steps, I give thanks to the women on whose shoulders I am standing on. I give thanks to the women who fight the fight for every right that I hold. I give thanks to the women who made sure that this space is a space where I can stand today. But I will be honest. Today, given recent events, I am walking up these steps feeling frustrated, heavy-hearted, hopeless, and in need of prayer. So join in praying with me this prayer written by author Sarah Bussey. May you embrace both your hope and your lament, your realities and the just the possibility of redemption. May the apocalypse of our time be revealing, bringing clarity, repentance, and resolve to you. May you be gentle with your heart sickness and offer it to the fiercely tender Holy Spirit who comforts and guides by day and by night. In the places of your life where you feel like a clear-cut tree right down to the ground, may you sense the life of God stirring in your roots. May you practice your hope, develop it, Set it into your life, cultivated and wild at the same time. As you wait across the narratives of then and now and future, may you be given a glimpse of the gardener who sees the root of life still in you and cultivates everything that is wild and unexpected, hopeful and redemptive in your soul and body. May you bring forth life you never imagined, a life that repairs the world at your feet. Amen. May you bring forth a life you never imagined, a life that repairs the world at your feet. This is the crux of the gospel, the good news that Jesus is saying in the gospel passage that we heard from Luke Although it is difficult to see at first because if I'm going to be brutally honest, Jesus is a lot of really great things, but he is a terrible salesman. I mean, seriously, this picture Jesus is painting of discipleship in the gospel reading from Luke is not many people's go-to example of how to go about evangelism or inviting people to be disciples into this community of faith. But maybe that's because we're so used to things being sold that are wrapped in fancy packaging. Or we're so used to being enticed by deals or coupons. Or because we're so used to things that are hard to hear being relegated to the fine print at the end of the advertisement. 
I think of every prescription drug commercial that is filled with colorful images of happy, smiling people to serve as a distraction while the very quickly read but seemingly never-ending list of potential side effects are listed. This is not the way that Jesus goes about selling discipleship. Jesus instead gives us the raw, hard, shocking truth of what the cost of discipleship really means. Because to be a disciple means being rejected. It means being looked at as weird and out of place. To be a disciple means being inconvenienced and facing hardship. It means that this is not a path to wealth and power. To be a disciple means detaching from our other commitments. It means at times going against traditions, social norms, reputations, and expectations. To be a disciple means disruption of our everyday lives. It means disorientation from how we go about things normally. In other words, Jesus is saying, do you know what you're getting yourself into? Do you know what you're really getting yourself into? I'm reminded of the time when I decided to apply to serve in the Peace Corps. For those who are not familiar, the Peace Corps is a U.S. government program that sends volunteers to live and work in developing communities for two years. In preparation for completing my application, I went to a recruiting event. And from the moment I walked in to the presentation given by the recruiter to all the brochures and paperwork I was handed, I was surrounded by beautiful, colorful, flashy images of volunteers serving their two years. These images were meant to inspire and encourage and motivate new recruits to volunteer, and boy, do they work. I remember daydreaming about what my life would be like living abroad, working in a new community, trying new food, participating in new festivals. But cut to a few months later, I had just finished my in-country training in Senegal, West Africa. The Peace Corps Jeep drove me to my site, dropped me off at my new home in the village of Taiba Wilan, and I stood there watching the Peace Corps Jeep drive away thinking, what did I just get myself into? What did I just get myself into? Because while I had many wonderful days full of their own beautiful, colorful, flashy images that could be easily used to inspire the next wave of volunteers, I also had many really challenging days of being rejected and looked at as weird and out of place. I also had many really challenging days of being inconvenienced by the slowness of everything, from projects to travel. I also had many really challenging days facing hardship and food shortages. I also had many really challenging days of detaching from my other commitments, missing holidays and events back home. I had many challenging days of being disoriented and unsure of how to navigate the culture that I was now living in. Yet, if I could go back, I would absolutely 100% do it all over again. 
because despite the cost of what I was asked to give up as a volunteer, the love and joy and hospitality of my host family and community were priceless. It's kind of like those old MasterCard commercials, you know, the ones that go like mangoes at the local market, $2. Bus fare from the market to my village, $1. The laughter and joy from my little host brother as he eats a mango and gets juice everywhere, priceless. At every moment in this gospel passage, Jesus is giving us every possible reason to say no to discipleship. He's laying everything out, all of the costs, with no apology, because he knows it's worth it. He knows that we're spirit-filled people who are called to transformation, called to renewal, called to resurrection. He knows the cost is high, but he also knows that sharing God's love with the world, that the joy in the face of justice, that new life in the face of death is priceless. And so with that, I invite everyone to stand. I invite you all to place your arms out with your palms facing down. We stand with our palms facing down to symbolize surrendering everything to God. Because here's the thing, this is a hard gospel reading. This is a hard gospel reading because it's asking us to surrender everything without apology. This is a hard gospel reading because we like to hold on to control. We like to hold on to the way things are and the way things were. But we bring our hands to our hearts. Because we know that we are spirit-filled people. We are spirit-filled people who are called to transformation. We are spirit-filled people who are called to renewal. Spirit-filled people who are called to the resurrection. And as such, nothing we try to buy will be enough. Nothing that the world tries to sell us will fulfill our call to be resurrection people, to be the people of the empty cross, to be the people of the empty tomb. And so we spread our arms out wide with our palms facing up, giving thanks to Jesus, the terrible salesman, who is calling us to follow him, calling us to the cross, calling us to die so that we can really live. Amen.